not be the total truth. No, 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 no. See the way society is built today, like a trap. It's built in a way that keeps you in the dark. Trapped. Cause if your light shines through, you might figure out who and what you are. A magnificent being. Don't be scared of that. Do not be scared. That's why I'm here to help you remember. Great morning, great evening, great afternoon, depending on where you're around this beautiful planet, this amazing universe. Welcome to Brown and Spiritual AF, episode, what, 14? Yep. One, four. Oh my gosh, Isela. Did you ever think we'd have 14 episodes already? No, like seriously, no. <laughs> and I never even thought we would have one episode. This <laughs> is crazy. It's really interesting to see, like, to think how far we've come so far. So thank you, everybody has been rocking with us for these 14 episodes. Now we have to start thinking bigger outside of the box and where we go from here. So today's topic is going to be on the types of books that um, are th- our top three favorite books of all time. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Oh my gosh, it's going to be a tough one, guys. So I want you all to start just thinking about what books are in your top three right now. And go ahead and give us a comments. Go ahead and start listing those, um, listing them so then we can see what you really have. Isel, you want to go ahead and kick us off and why you thought this was a, um, a great idea to, to step forward with? Yeah, you know, it's one of the things that I get asked all the time, um, you know, especially as someone is starting to become aware of the truth of who they are, or they want to kind of start in the path of letting go of what no longer serves them. And so it's like, it's great because they hear the podcast for an hour, or they might come to one of my live sessions. And they're like, where do we find more? How do we get the information in the same sort of way. And I have to tell you, when you look at all the spiritual books that are out there, I'd say spiritual and some metaphysical books that really are about coming to know the truth of who you are, they all pretty much have the same message. It's just the way that it's delivered. And that's what's so important is that you have to find what resonates with you. And so Mark and I are going to share our top three. And I have to tell you, I really, really struggled with this because I have about at least 15 books that are my favorites um, that somehow played a role in, I think, gaining a deeper awareness within myself. And so coming to three was really hard. But before we start this, I just want to share that Mark and I are both part of the Arizona Enlightenment Center. And one of the ways or the way we kind of came together was on our uh, weekly A Course of Love sessions that we do virtually. And basically what we do is we read A Course of Love and we take turns reading it as a group. And I have to tell you, it started with A Course of Miracles. So to me, that's like the first book. And A Course of Love is the second book. And you don't have to read them both. But for me, it was really helpful because it helped me understand um, the ego in A Course of Miracles. And in Course of Love, I'll tell you, just by reading it, something magical happened within me. I didn't have to do a lot of work. I didn't have to like intentionally make some decisions. I just had to lean into it from a very open-hearted space and um, amazing things happened for me and it was in that dialogue of reading and sharing our stories where Mark and I started to get to know one another a little bit better and then one day I was like I think we're supposed to do a podcast together (laughs) and so I that's why I just want to share from the front end that that was an important book to I think the both of us yes it was a very a very um important book to the both of us because that I'd never heard of it. I, I've heard of the group that you guys had and um what was a Course of Miracles was the first one I had heard Heather speak about and whatnot. Right. And that was like that didn't <laughs> I was like what? That didn't really call to me as much. But then I heard that you guys had your um course of love, right? And that you guys were coming together and you guys were showing up. And then I think I started when um once again when 2020 hit and you guys started doing it on Wednesdays. Right. Right. And so that's why I was like, you know what? It's going to be online. I could do it from the comfort of my home. Let's just see what this is about. And it, and I, I read the book actually before we went and did the thing. So I went through it a half of second time. I didn't finish the whole way through the second time, but it really changed the way I looked at things. And it, once again, it brought me and Excel together. So I, now I kind of understand the whole synchronicity of it all. <laughs> 
It's amazing when you really pay attention to those synchronicities, how I, I really am a strong believer. This is from The Alchemist, um, which is one of my favorite books. It's a fiction book, but it really is, um, it, it speaks to the idea of the, that the universe conspires for you. It's not working against you. It conspires for you. And so the, the notion is to really pay attention to the synchronicities and how things are presented and that opportunities are always there for us. It's just, number one, if we're paying attention and number two, if we're willing to step into it. Because when we initially, when I was like, you know, it was in the middle of our session too. It wasn't even afterwards. I'm like, Mark, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? You want to do that together? And it was just an idea. And next thing you know, I mean, within two days, we had decided on a logo. What, what, you know, we didn't have an idea of what we were going to talk about. I don't know that we all, we still know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we know. <laughs> but it, it really is amazing how things play out when you pay attention. Yes, when you do pay attention, right? I, I do remember. I remember that day you were like, can you stay after real quick? I want to talk to you. And I was like, uh-oh, you know what I mean? And then boom, here we are, Brown and Spiritual AF number 14. So is The Alchemist, is that one of your three books you're going with? Is that, okay, I was just double, nope, just double nope. checking. I wanted to make it clear because I was like, <laughs> I, I like that books on my shelf too. You know what I mean? So what, how, how do you want to start this off? Um, I guess. Yeah, I go for you go first. Well, do, well, you do one, and then I'll do one, and then we'll just kind of play off of one another. Does that work for you? Yeah, it, it really does work for me. You know what I mean? Because this is a tough one, guys. I didn't start reading. I shit you not until in my thirties, right? Yeah, believe it or not, guys, I'm in my thirties. I know, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very modest. I'm very modest. You know what I mean? <laughs> Confident. <laughs> um, so it was really. It's really tough to really narrow it down because I've read so much since then, right? So should I start with number three or my number one book? You know what? I'm going to start with number three, I think. Okay. I think there's a book called The Slight Edge, right? Um, Jeff something. I forgot what his name was, right? But it was really one of my first personal development books that I read. Right. It really got me into it. And it started because I uh, network marketing got me into personal development. Right. Oh, that's interesting. How did that happen? Well, because a lot of it that they teach you in order to grow your business is a lot of personal work. Mm. Right. So a lot of the techniques, a lot of the things they get you in order to go out there and share with the world. Right. Because what we're doing is sharing information and trying to get people signed up. Right. Enrollment is what network marketing is about. Right. And in order to enroll people, it's all about storytelling, selling yourself, basically. Right. It's never about the product. Well, I didn't learn that until later on in life that, wait a minute, people are buying into me. It doesn't matter what the fuck I'm selling. Right. I did that all the way through school. Right. With like seeds and weed. Right. And I could convince people. <laughs> right. That this was the best ever. But the big ass seeds in it. Yeah. Those are magical seeds. Right. Now you can grow your own. Right. Like I had this this thing, but it was me they were buying into and they were they were they were comfortable with me. So fast forward, the slight edge, right? The slight edge was the first time, man, I'm trying to remember his name is Jeff something. It, really interesting two things, guys, is these books that are on my top three, I do not have because I gifted them to other people, right? So that, that's why I'm not going to have a physical copy of any of these books that I'm going to talk about today. But the slight edge was the first time that I really understood that you could go for what it is you want in life. As long as you know why, you're doing it. The how doesn't matter. And as long as you stay consistent with it, you could create anything in your life that you want. Right. So it's the slight edge that really got the wheels turning. Right. For me. And it just and it, and it made sense. Slight edge. What gives people the edge in life? What makes successful people successful? They don't fucking give up and they try and they go and they do it again. They dust themselves off and they get up again. Right. And so that was the very first book that really got my attention was the slight edge. Oh, and the guy that happened because I was in a company called Nerium. Right. And the guy that started Nerium actually wrote that book. So it came in a package that I bought. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. 
right? That, that, that was really amazing. So people th- always say, oh, what, how is that network marketing stuff going? It's like, well, I, I, I don't do none of that stuff anymore. I kind of network market for myself. However, it was the beginning of a turning point for my life, which helped me get my health under control, right? Because that's what's really got me thinking about walking around the block while I was all jiggly and chubby, right? It was a slight edge that got me to believe that I could do it. And it was up to me in order to make shit happen. There we go. Slight edge, people. Go look His it up. His name is Jeff Olson. Jeff Olson. Yay. And he's not the Olson twins' dad, guys. It's not him. That's not him. <laughs> I promise. I will, um, I will drop that link for Amazon in the, um, in the comments below when we're done with this recording. And so if you are interested in that, it is, it's about 22 bucks for the book. But I, you know, it sounds like it really was a pivotal moment for you. In terms of, I think what it's what, where it begins sometimes is taking our power back, like recognizing that we have the ability to change the trajectory of our lives. And I think that a lot of us grow up in, at least for me anyway, where shit happens to you and, you know, poor you, you know, in, in the, what my, what my family would say as, así es la vida, you know, it's like, that's the way life is. You just got to, you know, get through it and hope that you survive and, you know, pray for the moments of connection, right. And family. And, um, and so the idea that you could actually change the trajectory of your experience and have the life that you were have always been intended to have. And I think is a huge monumental pivot for people. I think that was the first time in my life I was like, holy shit, I think I do like to read. Right? <laughs> like, where were these books in middle school and high school? Like that other shit put me to sleep, but this it really woke something up in me. So yes, it was a pivotal point in my life and it, and it gave me back my power, right? Yeah. It told me, it really taught me that, Hey, this is the hand you were dealt. It could still be a winning hand if you choose to, if you play it properly. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first books, the way that I put these three books together was really about the different times in my life. And what was instrumental to me. So I've been in this spirit on the spiritual journey since I was 18 years of age. I would say even before then, uh, because I knew something was qu- not quite right in my home life. And I shared in another podcast that um, I had seen Oprah on TV who said, you know, no child should ever be treated this way. And I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean no child should ever be treated this way? Like, don't all people treat their children this way? <laughs> and so it was in that moment that I made the decision to survive my, my, my circumstances and that I would change my life. And when I went out into life as an adult, as a young adult, I just assumed that magically because I didn't have to live under the abusive climate that I had grown up in, that it just, my life would be different. Well, that's not the way the brain works. And I suffered from depression and I was manifesting physical at 17 and 18 and 19, then being diagnosed with a thyroid issue at 19. And I was like, you know, what the hell? I'm 19. Why is this shit happening? And I'm not exactly even sure how this book fell into my, you know, life, but it was the first book. It's called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Oh, Louise Hay. Yeah, it was one, I think it was one of her first, like, published books under her publishing company. And here's a little side thing. You know, she was in her 60s when she started writing. So her big publishing company of Hay House didn't show up in her life until, you know, the later chapters in her life. So it's really fascinating to me. But in this book, it the first thing that I remember reading was you chose your parents. And I was like, what the fuck? No, why would I choose a situation like this? Like I that really pissed me off. And then as I read, I started to recognize that there was a, a reason for the experience that goes beyond that goes beyond this physical life that we're living. And in the back of the book, there are all these ailments that are listed. And so it talks about, you know, like knee problems or my thyroid issue. And her belief system, because she had cancer, was that she could change her mind about it through affirmations and belief systems. And that she could, because it was the, the manifestation of the dis-ease 
comes from a, an emotional um, aspect within us. And so the word dis-ease, if you put a hyphen between the S and the E, is really that manifestation. And so I was like, oh, like I have a, like I can change this? That to me was like, I had never heard of such a thing. And so I started working on my depression and the affirmations for my thyroid problem. I started working on whatever came up. I was going to change my mind about it. And lo and behold, I mean, it, it, it was like several years later, but my thyroid numbers started coming up at normal. It's like my depression. I started to be able to see clearly and be able to work through that more effectively. It, it was life changing for me. That is, you choose your parents. That's that crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the crazy. I told you guys. Remember, we told, we talked to you guys about the 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 the, the things that are going to come along this journey, right? So uh, I remember the first time I heard about that book, I met a friend at the gym, right? Well, she was really cute, so I wanted to get to know her, right? But she told me a story. And we're still acquaintances. We're still kind of friends. You know, I mean, we follow each other on Instagram or whatever. But she she, she brought that book to my attention because she was really, she was going through a, a time in her life where she was really ill, right? And the story that she talked about, that that book fell into her lap, right, at a hotel on a vacation because she was withering away. And that book just happened to show up in a lobby that she was sitting in waiting to take a shower because the pipes bursted in their hotel. So she had to like basically crawl herself down to this other area of the hotel in order to take a shower. Right. And as people were waiting to take this shower, she just happened to look down and boom, this book was there. Right. And then she talked to, she told me how it started to change her life. And that was around the time where I just had read the slight edge. So this was the beginning of my journey. So that's really cool. How that, how those stories kind of connect, right? Wow. <laughs> you can't make this shit up people. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a really instrumental, I think, very early on. Again, the idea that life doesn't, life isn't happening to me where I'm a victim of my situation. Like I can take my power back and I can make changes, um, not only to my belief systems, but how it impacts me physiologically in terms of illnesses. Wow. Yep. What's your next book? Oh, man. Oh, this one's a toss up. It's a toss up, right? Because this next book really, oh, man, it's really tough. Um, it's by the same family, right? These two books that are in my mind right now, right? I didn't really, I was trying, I was thinking about this all day because it's just so many. And I was like, how do I have to break it down? I didn't think about it too much because I know that if I thought about it too much, I'd get all jumbled up. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go on spot. So I'm freestyling this, people. Like I do most of the shit that I do. Right. So it's a toss up between the four agreements mm. and the five levels of attachment. Mm. Right. And they kind of go hand in hand because I read them very similar. But I think I'm going to go with the five levels of attachment. Right. Because the fifth level, I believe, in there is fanaticism. Right. And if you, if people know me, if you're listening to this and you know me, I used to be a football fanatic. Right. And I was very fanatical about women too, right? And they were both detrimental to my health because it was the wrong type of fanaticism, right? <laughs> I didn't know how to step out of being a fanatic, right? I didn't know how to step out. It was just on all the time, meaning I ate, slept, and shit football or women, right? If that makes sense. So this level really put it into perspective for me, right? There's an analogy in there where he talks about um, it's really, it's tough to remember this stuff, right? I, I listened to the book. I read the book twice. I listened to it not too long ago, actually. And he talks about somebody drinking a glass of wine, right? And then the fanatic wine drinker is going to sit there and try to pick out all the taste. The way he has a palate is really like pay attention and, and start judging the glass of wine on how it tastes versus just enjoying mm. the wine from the authentic self, which is level one. Right. I believe. And just for the experience of tasting this delicious wine, what it's for, you start breaking it down. Right. Start thinking about it critically. So that. Whoa. That was one of the first things, first times that really helped me start looking at football just as a game, just as a sport, because at one point in my life, it really ruled it. Right. Like football could ruin my whole fucking year. 
Like if my team went into the playoffs or didn't make it to the playoffs, it would ruin it until football started again. And I thought to myself, there's so much more to life than football. There's so much more life, more, such much more to life. So I think I'm going to go with um, the five levels of attachment because it's really helped me step back and just be present. And really, it's about self-love, right? When it comes down to it, it's really about just being who you are and engaging in the world at that moment. So I'm going to go with that one. I think the other piece to this, I've read, never read that book, but I, I wonder if the other piece to this in terms of the spiritual alignment is the experience of, of being fully present without the need to judge it or to label it. Because I think what happens is we go in through ex into experiences and, you know, even like what you said about women or in relationships, there may be a relationship that is, you know, not a bad relationship. It's a good relationship. But because we're in the practice of self-sabotage, we're in the practice of like picking out the things that oftentimes are issues with ourselves, but we're picking it out in someone else. The need to um, judge sep keeps us separated. But a lot of us, in terms of our patterns of behavior, kick right into that state of judgment. And so I think that, that it's, well, that what that says to me is if you're watching football, simply watch it and have the experience of it. If you're um, engaging with people or you're out on a date or you're in a relationship, the practice of simply appreciating the experience. Now, granted, I'm, I'm, this is where I always get into the space where I'm like, I'm not telling you to be in an abusive situation and not stand up and say something. But there are, you know, moments where sometimes we have this critical mind. And I know with my husband, you know, we've been together 30 years. And so <clears throat> with him, I, I used to be like, I wish he would do this. And I wish he would do it. And why doesn't he do this? And, da, 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 da. and I realized <laughs> that now when I can appreciate what he has to offer in the relationship, who he is as an individual, the little things he says and does, my whole experience of our engagement has changed. You know, like his job isn't to make me happy. His job isn't to heal me. His job isn't to make me feel whole or complete. That's a bunch of bullshit. And so to give somebody, uh, to have that expectation, you're setting yourself up for failure. He's his whole person. I'm my whole person. And when I can start to appreciate that within him, I think that's what makes the magic in a relationship happen. Yeah. So I, that's what I take away from what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's, that's the amazing thing about this stuff, guys. It's like we, we could have a reason for why we like something, right? Because there's different perspectives, different points of views, right? Different journeys, different um, levels. I guess you could kind of say if you believe in levels, like if you want to get a little like uh, mathematical about it. Right. And so for, for me, like when I listen to that stuff, it's like, okay, we, 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 we step away from, well, what would you say? Um, what is, what is one of the four agreements? Um, assuming. Yeah, or be impeccable yeah. with your word. Be impeccable yeah. with your word, right? Yeah. It's um for me when I when I started realizing that I was a fanatic is when I allow myself to get into heated arguments, right? And that's being light with the term, right? It's being light with the situation. Like I see people fight over shit that really doesn't matter. Yeah, like these people don't pay you to go and fucking wear their shit and then to root for them. And then you get in a fist fight and you got a black eye and you go to jail because over football, that's how I knew I had a problem. Right. And so it's really cool how she could we, we could take it right. Similar book. Right. Or you haven't even read it yet, but you understand the concept because you we, well, because it's all connected people. It's just yeah. the way that the information is laid over. Right. And you sell this take on it. And my take on it are like we, 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 we gain different. Um, different ways of looking at situations from that. Yeah. Our perspectives are going to be based on our lived experiences. Yes. And since you mentioned this book and we have mentioned this book many times throughout our sessions, um, the four agreements, um, by Don Miguel Ruiz and his son also makes us, um, they write books together and then they write books separately. And if you've never heard of that book, um, you, it's one of what I call sort of this, 
I don't want to say entry level, but it really is this beginning of awareness, like just basic four agreements. They're as simple as can be, but complex to live because it's undoing the patterns of behavior that we have been so comfortable with, even when they don't serve us. And so if you have not picked up that book, pick it up. It's a small, simple read. Um, and I'll drop the link in the comments below as well. My second book is Seed of the Soul. <clears throat> oh, that's Zuka? Yeah. Yeah. Zuka by Gary Zukoff. And he came out. I, I He was on Oprah. And <laughs> fucking I, Oprah. Yeah, Do you got like a sponsorship with her? I, because I swear to God. Though, like I owe so much to this woman because, yeah. you know, we didn't have, well, we had cable, but it was like, you know, shitty cable. And I watched, I was a weird teenager. I watched her show. I recorded it when I couldn't watch it on a VCR. And, um, and I, I learned so much as she grew because she grew over the course of many years. This book was published in 1989. So it's not a new book. It fell in my lap, probably in my, 20s and he was on Oprah for several several episodes he was like a long-term guest and it was the first time where the thought of reincarnation evolution our experience beyond this lifetime is like can actually be true that um love is what is most important and love is the soul and the soul is love like i was like holy shit like and here's the thing that's freaky about this i should have had a weird reaction to it but i didn't i had like somebody was finally speaking a truth that i already knew I couldn't explain where I'd heard it before. I couldn't explain why it felt right. Why my heart, like when I am in the next book, especially I, there are books that sometimes when I read it, like A Course of Love was one of them, where I felt like a vibration in my body and my heart fluttering. Like this is at some deepest level truth. And truth for me, because what's going to do that for you or for people who are watching or listening is going to be different. And again, that, that goes back to what I was saying is you have to find what resonates with you and how you know as it resonates with you is that it feels good. And it doesn't always feel pleasant in terms of like, it's going to push you into thinking about yourself. It's going to push you into taking some responsibility. It's going to push you into a place of action that isn't comfortable, but there's a sense an undercurrent of going, there's something very right about this at the deepest level of who I am. And in, for this book sake, it is at the soul level. And so I will tell you, if you haven't picked this up, you can find it at Goodwill all the time if you're a thrift store shopper, because it's been around for a long time, but it, it, it's life's changing. Yeah, um, I've never read that book. I read his newest one, The Universal Human. Ah, I've never read that one. Yeah, I believe it's Universal Human, and he touches on concepts from that book, and he, oh my gosh, blew my mind, right? It's really dope because it goes hand-in-hand kind of like what we're learning in A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, um, very similar to what we learned in A Course of Love, right? And, and, and he makes it really simple and easy and practical because some of these concepts are not really easy to talk about and really easy to explain, um, but his ideas, right? It really brought me in. So I think I'm going to go back and I will read that one to give me a little more context. But he I've heard of him and I've heard a lot of stuff. But I knew that he was the he's the only one that's been on Oprah more times than anybody else. Oh, well, and Eckhart. Eckhart is no, it, no. Oh, Eckhart, too, because I know, yeah. Gary, I think um, it was because I remember I, I don't know where I learned. I think it's from Mind Valley is where I learned about uh -huh. Gary. And that was one of his intros. He's been on Oprah more times than any other guest ever and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, and he's, it, it's, it's great concepts in his books and really live by. So I'm glad you brought that up because now it reminds me and that's a, a book to put on my, um, to read list. You know, what's really interesting. Um, and this happened with the course of love because we as a group read the whole book and then we decided to reread it. And I think it's true. You know, it's been a while since I've read this book, but what happens is it's that whole, um, Buddhist, I think it's a Buddhist saying that when, um, the learner is ready, the teacher shows up. And, um, and, and really 
the teacher is within. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But these books unlock um, perspectives and things that we already know. And it provides, and at different times in our life, we're going to receive it differently. We're going, it's like we're ready for the next level. So this is why when we watch movies over and over and over again, and, and we're like, oh my, I never noticed that the first 13 times I saw it, right? It's the same with books. You read it and you will ingest what you're ready for. And then if you reread it again, especially if you give it a little bit of time, you're going to see things that you didn't see the first or second time around. How about that reincarnation, people? <laughs> right? First, you choose your parents, right? And then now you're reincarnated. So it's like, what if you chose the same parents twice? <laughs> uh, well, you do chose your same soul families. And yeah. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, that yeah. is fascinating, right? I like how Isela picks out the really, really deeper spiritual stuff. And I use more of a practical approach. <laughs> Which I think there's a balance between those yeah. Two things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how I, I'm, I, I believe and I love these uh, concepts and the ideas, right? Like I told of last week when I came out the closet about hearing stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more like out the bathtub because that's where I hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mark tends to get vulnerable and reveal a lot of stuff when we're online together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, if I'm going to do it for the first time, might as well make it live, right? Um, that's the way it is. That's what we call authenticity, right? And um, sometimes if we don't choose to do it, we might not ever do it. But what better way to do it than on a, on a platform like this? And once again, thank you, Isela, for providing in this opportunity because I've grown a lot through these and I've learned a lot about you through these and this friendship and this partnership has, it is going to grow even more as we continue to move forward. Yeah, same. I think that our different perspectives, but yet same in a lot of ways, yeah. um, really, I, I think more than anything, we want our audience to know that there isn't one way. Um, or one path on this spiritual journey. Uh, and I think part of this is the willingness to be vulnerable. And, and that, that's what we're, I'm hoping anyway to convey is that invulnerability is our greatest strength. And, you know, we're taught not to be. And it's scary as hell. I will tell you, you know, I just sort of came out. Um, as a medium, as someone who's, um, re I'm really good intuitively, we all have intuition, um, we all are able to do this, uh, but I've been able to really tap into other people's um, sort of soul uh, purpose. And, but I was still hiding in the closet after all these years. And on Facebook about a month ago or so, I put out to everybody, and these are colleagues who I work with. These are like that I, I basically came out and said, I'm tired of hiding this part of myself. Like I had this protected group of people that I shared this with. And, you know, I am in education. And so there was a great fear still is to some degree of um, the perception of me being crazy or woo woo or trying to um, somehow um, I don't know send a message you know the whole the whole Christian perspective that this is the work of the devil you know having grown up Catholic that's what plays in the back of my mind and so for me it was a huge leap and to be public like this on YouTube and on Facebook and doing Facebook lives is scary as shit. Mm -hmm. And, but we recognize that fear is part of the illusion and fear is an ego experience, not in truth. And so I just keep coming back to the place of my alignment and being true to who I am. Ooh, fear, right? I heard a cool acronym. I think, is that what you call it? An acronym when you put a word for, it was um, forever exiting average reality. Oh, I like that one. Right? That was super dope. And I heard, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard that one. Not, forever not that exiting one. average average reality, right? And since we're on the topic of creating our own reality, right? That's what um, has really led me to my number one book. Okay. Right. My number one book. Right. I came across it 2017. And it's by a fellow of the name Vishen Lukiani. Um, the Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Right. It took what I was learning. Right. And it's, it was tough because Dr. Joe was in there also. 
Just the Dispenza? Yeah. Dispenza? Okay. Yeah. Um, his book um, was Become Supernatural. Right. It was like a toss-up. But what I, why I went with vision, why I went with the code of extraordinary mind is because it took concepts like Dr. Joe's. It took concepts like Eckhart's. It took concepts like Gary's. It took concepts like Ruiz, right? And it made it practical and easy to digest. And it gave you the tools necessary in order to put it into play, right? Because knowing, we talked about this, right? Knowing is one thing. Taking expired action is another, right? We talked about that. What you know and what you know how to do are different. So when I came across the Code of Extraordinary Mind, right? When you speak this language, this is word. It's called becoming unfuckwittable, mm. right? And I was like, this mother lover speaks my language. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we have this concept of spirituality, yeah. right? Right. We have the concept of spirituality and what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to be wrapped up in shiny rainbows and unicorns and like angels. Um, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you got to come and be a motherfucking badass. Right. Sometimes you got to get down and do the dirty work. Right. So when it took these concepts. Right. What really what I really liked is he helped me. Right. Dr. Joe Dispenza, what I would do with Dr. Joe in an hour, he broke it down into 20 minutes of meditation. Yeah. Right. And one of the biggest takeaways from that was forgiveness. Holy smokes. He helped me learn how to like forgive things, right? Forgive people, right? It's called the six phase meditation. That shit changed my life forever. It made it possible for me and you to sit here and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my number one book because it took complex ideas and made it digestible and easy for anybody to read. Right. And when you hear this guy's story, it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do with Mind Valley. Right. Mind Valley is continuing to um to really change my life. And I promise you guys, one of these days, whether it's Mind Valley or a bigger company they create, I will be on one of those stages. Right. And that's made it possible to be sitting here and having this conversation with these right now. So that's why I go with the code of the extraordinary mind. I mean, who doesn't want to have an extraordinary mind? The code of extraordinary. I have not read that book, but I am familiar with Mind Valley. So I will definitely take a look at that because I think, again, it's what resonates with you. Yes. And um, when I was in. Um, college no I was in high school and I was taking um, a college class an English class and we were reading Plato so not Plato because a lot of people I say Plato it's Plato <laughs> and um, I remember um, the allegory of the cave which is one of his his allegories and he was talking about um, just the shadow figures yeah the shadow figures yeah. yeah and I was like in high school at the time I was like 17 and I remember feeling like I was eating it up. Like I just, the idea of taking this concept, this metaphor and trying to break it down to figure out what he was trying to convey. Like I am one of those people that I thrive on that. I thrive on figuring out those pieces and trying to understand what could what he could have been thinking about there are other people who just from an analytical perspective go this is this plus this equals this right this is easier to understand digest and be able to articulate then than trying to figure out how the pieces come together and so there isn't one way and but when you look at all of these books there's the undercurrent of the same concept which is love is all that exists, forgiveness is the key, and that you are beyond this physical experience. Those are three significant, that I think in every book, when you look at Buddhist, like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, his books, when you look at um, Joe Dispenza, when you look at, um, she's so many, um, that I, even when you look at psychic work, like I, what was her name, Sandra Brown, I think, when you look at some of her books, same messages. Oh yeah, same, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown, that's what it yeah. was, Sylvia Brown. You so know, my, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You just made me think of something, right? When you were talking about that, right? Another one is nobody's coming to fucking save you. Okay. <laughs> nobody's coming to save you. You are your savior, yeah. right? Now you have help, right? Depending on what religion you're in or what your belief system is, nobody's going to fucking fly down and magically save you. Those tools are going to be handed to you through the form of books through the form of text, through the form of audio, video, this mother-loving podcast, Brown and Spiritual as fuck, right? 
but we're not going to be able to do the work for you. Nobody could do this for you. Yeah. And that's what helped me with all these books. That's the un one under the next underlying thing in all these books is nobody's coming to save you. You are your own savior. It's already in you. It's being able to bring that shit out, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm a really, really strong believer. And I don't know if anyone has read Atlas of the Atlas of the Soul. I think it's it's Brene Brown's latest book. And she's got a an HBO Max series, a limited series based on this book. And Ooh, I I love Brene Brown because she does come from a research perspective and and I think a very third dimensional physical being perspective. And what I found in the first um, episode in the first chapter of her book, she said that we, we seek out one another. Um, we seek out connection from one another, thinking that somehow that's going to fulfill us and make us feel whole and complete. And, but all the, the work the work of connection and and having these meaningful relationships begins with the relationship with self. Well, shit, she just said what is an underpinning in spiritual development. I don't know that she'll ever say that because she's a researcher and she's based in science. My dog. She's based in science, and so I don't know that she's ever going to come to that place to say that, but I, when I was listening to her, I was like, that's what we're teaching that's what we're saying that the relationship with self is unlocked by books that of people who have written and put things together like it's like it unlocks something within us and if we're willing to go within and really figure out how does it align with the truth of who we are, we start to see the manifestations of those experiences in terms of, you know, things like abundance and things like, you know, what you pay attention to, you get more of. And you, so you start to see things work for you instead of against you, how you make sense of situations coming from a lens of it being possible instead of impossible. It's like it, it helps, it helps unlock things for us. Yeah. How do you expect somebody to pleasure you if you can't pleasure yourself? <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different book and i have a couple of suggestions for that too. <laughs> that's a whole different level but that was going through my mind it's like no wonder why you're fucking unhappy sometimes right can you learn to pleasure yourself first and then right not yeah. having any expectations either man go read the four agreements <laughs> <laughs> so my number one book Ooh, is um the book of love and creation. It's green. It's wow, green. that kind of is like transparent. Is like, right? is it a ghost book? What the fuck? No, right. <laughs> um, the author, it's a channel text and it's by Paul Selig. And, um, I will tell you, I would not recommend um, watching Selig on YouTube because the way he tr the way he channels, the way he gets information from spirit, he mutters it and then he says it, and then he mutters it and then he says it, and it can be very difficult for people to pay attention to. But I will tell you that he there's a series of nine books, and they're broken up into three uh, uh, like three books at for each chunk. And um, they get deeper and deeper. And what it's actually doing is it's helping on um, the unlayering of that onion. And so the first one is about love is all there is and what creation is is really. And so it unlayers that. And there are these weird, if you're uncomfortable with it or if it's, it just, it's weird because there are things like um, mantras that sound like this. There's one of them that says, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know how I serve. And that as you move through these mantras, vibrationally, you raise, you, you raise that vibration within yourself because you become more in alignment. And I will tell you, the first time I read, actually listened to it on Audible, and the first time I listened to the very first book, my entire body vibrated at a level that I had never experienced before. And, um, and one by one, I would just, and he, the thing is, is I wouldn't try to think hard about it because it's a little complex in the way that it's delivered. Um, I just tried to lean into it and allow the experience to happen. It's kind of what you were talking about with your first book about just allowing the experience without judgment of it. And so I just allow that to kind of happen. And I would just feel the vibration as I, as I listened to it. And then because it was so intense, 
in the content, I had to buy each book because, you know, I make notations and, you know, I have to write, you know, I do all the highlighting and all of that because it resonates so deeply with me. So the entire series is really a recommendation for me. But I will say that the journey from going from the you can heal your life to that beginning where I'm not a victim of my circumstances to understanding my soul, right? Like that I'm more than my circumstances and then going into what's beyond these circumstances was really a journey that I had to take. Had I read this first, I would have been like, fuck that. I don't know what the hell they're saying. <laughs> it's a yes. bunch of woo garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my number one book. Nice. When you were talking and you talked about feel the vibration, I thought about Marky Mark in the eighties or was it early nineties where he came out with the song, good vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> That's all funny because I think Michelle's on here and she's listening and she brings that up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it, it, yeah, I go back to find out what figure out where you're at. And, um, and, and just because of therapy, when I first started going to therapy, it's like this therapist didn't work. Like I, I didn't vibe with this therapist. Maybe I felt judged or maybe I felt like it wasn't a safe place for me to really be vulnerable. So there are like thousands of other therapists. Your one time negative experience is simply maybe helping you form a deeper understanding of what you need. And so then you go, oh, well, that one didn't work. Just like that. That one didn't work. Let me find a different one. So it's the same with books. It's the same with groups you join. It's the same um, with, with whatever path you take. You have to go, okay, does this resonate with me? How do I feel about this? Um, and don't confuse your discomfort um, and with not working because in the discomfort that, that sometimes is the platform to motivate us to, to move into action. Right. What are your thoughts, Mark? And there's so many to, to really think about, right? This is, this is my therapy guys. Like I chose to come <laughs> and have therapy sessions in real life. Like, you know what I mean? I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And I went to this this whole experience with no expectations. And I didn't realize that this has been such a liberating experience in itself, right? To come up on here and share stuff with the world, just like how you just came out the closet, right? About wow. being this medium and sharing with your colleagues, right? That I've had all this stuff with inside me that I've been able to keep to myself for so long and it's been bottled up and it's been eating at me. And then just to come out here and what people would say, air your dirty laundry out. Yeah. I don't tell these stories for the fact of people saying, oh, poor you, you went through this and oh, oh, I'll take care of you. No, it's because these experiences created who I am today and it's allowed me to share because there's going to be people, there's family members that are so adamant about holding all on to everything and they think it's one, probably weak or that I, I, I don't know what the fuck they think nowadays, right? Because I'm, I, I left those. I left the, the that culture scape. I left those ideas rules, right? Bullshit rules. This is they talked about this in the code of started mind. Right? That's another word that's really awesome. Rules, right? That that we're taught that how could you go on here and tell these stories, right? And it's like, well, I'm not doing it for you, mm-hmm. right? I'm not doing it for you. I'm not forgiving you for for you, right? Yeah. I'm doing this shit for me, right? Yeah. I'm being selfish, and it's okay to be fucking selfish. Right. And it's selfish in a way that's great for the soul to grow. Right. It's saying, hey, I'm going to put me first. Right. Take care of me. I'm going to fill my cup up. Right. And then I'll be able to give you 100 percent of me. Right. Like in a relationship, two half people don't make a fucking whole. Mathematics might tell you that, but in spirituality, in this realm of being a whole magnificent being, it that they, that equation doesn't really work. At least in my experience, it hasn't. Yeah, same. And when when my husband and I got together, that was 
that was the perspective because we were young, you know, and I did have the expectation that he was supposed to fulfill me and make me happy and do all the things that would, you know, please me. And um, fortunately enough, he was willing to take this journey with me. Um, and if you can imagine the first time I say to him, oh, you know, like I'm hearing people like talk to me. <laughs> He's like, you know, I could have had a husband like that. You are nuts. Yeah. Like I thought you were nuts, but now you're certifiably nuts. <laughs> and he didn't. He was willing to learn more about it and was curious and lets me kind of have conversation. You know, we have conversations about this. And it turns out that he's super highly intuitive as well, too. He just hasn't honed in on that skill or the, those gifts yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's um, it, it's an amazing journey. And one of the things that we get in the danger of is comparing ourselves to others' journeys. You know? Guilty. Right. Yeah. I, I'm guilty of that. In the beginning, I was like, I want to see this. I want to feel that. Why do their gift? Um, however, like in, in the same in the same instance, right? There's people that look at me and like, wow. Right. And I'm thinking this is, you know what I mean? But it, it's I had to stop doing that because the way I experience things, the way that I'm going is unique. Right. And it's really cool because now I have friends that are just as unique right? In their own way. And then we get to come together and have these conversations like me and Isela, right? And by the way, you're still very young, okay? You're still looking really amazing and whatnot. You said when you were younger, but I just wanted to remind you. Well, I'm almost, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm close to being 50. So <laughs> I'm not exactly in my 30s. <laughs> so yeah, I have a few more years on you. All right. Well, I guess that really wraps up today's episode of Brown and Spiritual as Fuck, where we talked about three books that really, that are three top books in this moment and why we think they are top books. And there's many more out there, right? And I'm pretty sure that for me is probably going to change. And once again, you guys can find me on Mark underscore my underscore magnificence on Instagram. I'm the most active on there and you can see my daily updates. And when I post about our Brown and Spiritual AF or the things that I have um, coming up here pretty soon. And Miss Isela? I am at IselaGarcia.com. And I'm also on um, Love Being on Facebook, Love Being Isela Garcia. And um, Embracing Soul's Journey on Facebook, where I do my lives on Wednesdays, 5.30 Pacific Time. Cool. Once again, you guys have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you in two weeks.